If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v All right, it's good to have you on board here on Follow the Money here early on a Thursday, live in Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, this is the perfect time of year to have our next guest in studio uh, I've been looking forward to this now for a couple of months. Del Gaudio is his name. He was the GM for Sportsline New Jersey from 1987 to 2013. People had to call in to get scores uh, way back in the day. Think about this again for the younger uh, demo watching or listening to the show today. No internet. The only thing eventually that came along was like the bottom line and then 28 and 58 past the hour you had to be in front of the TV to look at the scores. It's a joke. Yeah. I'd have to watch SportsCenter at 7 o'clock in the morning before going to high school because that was the only 30-minute block that they would play SportsCenter on during the day to find out what happened the night before in the West Coast. And anyway, the stories here are going to be fascinating. Dell, it's great to meet you. Thanks for uh, popping in today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm not Mike Palm. <laughs> Not Mike Palm? No, it's it's his spot. So I took his spot this week. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so tell us, first of all, again, you got involved. You took over as a GM in 1987. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the service in general, what it was like, and uh, how you got involved. Well, I went to Seton Hall, and uh, I spent three years there. And after three years, I really didn't like college. So I went out and got a job, and I hated the job. So to give a plug out to somebody, I decided to take my unemployment money and pay for the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. And uh, 16 weeks later, I was working on a small FM radio station out in Blairstown, New Jersey, where I um, got a job working, you know, weekends, $8 an hour, whatever. Somebody said, one of my teachers, Henry Robinson, said, in Newark, which I lived in North Arlington, which is right down the road, he said, why don't you try sports? I know I'm a big sports fan to begin with. And so I went for my interview. The reason I got hired at Sportsline was I was a very big harness racing fan. So I worked uh, the Meadowlands Racing Shift. So it was 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And we would do racing results from 8 to midnight because I was really good at it. And my boss says to me, well, we're going to hire you part-time. And then one week later, I had 60 hours and then eventually I became GM after like a year or so. Huh. So it was really a surreal place because it was in Newark, New Jersey. It was in a building that had no cable. So I had a little TV with a knob and I would watch Frank Messer and Bill White and Phil Rizzuto do the Yankee games and uh, uh, Kiner do the Met games yeah. and Harry Callis do the Philly games. We had none. But eventually we actually started with an actual ticker. It would, it would tick right out. We would write down the Vegas rotation on scores and odds, okay. and we would write out the scores. So bottom of the first, you'd get the score. Who hit, you know, Mickey Charles from Sports Sticker would give us that. Um, eventually, we wound up with a program that gave us the scores in boxes on like a real old computer. 
like with a floppy disk. And then we would write down, you know, first box would be game one in rotation. So it was always rotation, top of the schedule to the bottom of right. the schedule. Calls were 13 cents, which doesn't kill anybody, but it had to be billed to Verizon only. So it had to be a landline. Now, obviously, there were no cell phones. There were no internet. So 13 we, cents, no, no. What if I'm on hold there? Or do I have to it's go? a recording. So okay. we record the program. So here's how we record it. Okay. We picked up the phone. We, we waited for a beep. And then we did our 57. Okay, right if we couldn't get the scores in 57 seconds, we were out. Oh. So that was very important. So that's how I started. And there was weather reports that were done every hour. There was dial a Santa. There was um, lottery. There was sports extra which is overflow scores. And then the odds, you know, we would always kick the odds. You got the odds up here. All right, 976-7575 for today's odds. We would run the odds. So you don't have to go get the national. That's the paper right. I used to buy in the, in the 90s. Sure. Um, and the interesting part about it was it really became, for me, I quit my job on radio immediately because who's going to pay me? I was getting $10 an hour at 60 hours a week, $600 in the late 80s. And I was just a kid. I was like 23 years old. So I wound up uh, doing that and becoming GM. And then eventually we moved out of Newark and we moved into a really cool facility in Lodi. Okay. So some of the stories again and some of the, because it takes 13 cents every single time that you would call. Yes. So flat fee. People have been gambling for a long, long time. So they had no chance to get scores other than something like this, right? So. Correct. The amount of times they would probably just hit like, oh my God, I got to call again. Any update on the score? So this is one example. On Twitter, we're at VSIN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard. This is from uh, Spicy Burns. In 1993, as a 16-year-old, quote, bookie, I racked up a $1,200 bill on a cell phone that looked like and weighed enough to be a brick. My dad remembers little at 81, but he remembers that phone bill. Tell <laughs> Dell thanks for a lifelong story. But the <laughs> amount of people... Who had who did this and the amount of stories like twelve hundred dollars was probably commonplace or that was maybe even light to how big some of these phone bills were well i didn't own the company so i really didn't see everything until i later in the 90s where i was actually part of the the, the process um we had two owners one owner had um another business downstairs which was things i could talk about forever like a donnelly directory talking yellow pages we would do previews for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dolphins. Uh, we would do all the stuff that was involved. We did news. Newsday hired us to do their weathers because we were the only company that was 24 hours. New York Sports Phone, which is probably more known, okay, was not was only sports, like Bob Papa and Don LaGreca and those kind of guys did those. Those guys who worked there wound up going on to bigger and better things. Our group of Animal House guys was. Mm -hmm. They were the sports fans, but I always say this. I, was, I grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog, okay? Sports radio, one to six every day, watch it. I wouldn't have hired Chris Russo on Sportsline because he can't enunciate. You wouldn't be able to hear, you know, bottom of the six, Reds two, blah, blah, blah. We would do whatever. So we had a really interesting group of guys. We had guys who gambled, and then we had guys who didn't gamble, so when I would keep track of all the scores and how they were doing, were you on time? Very important to be on time. You know, come back at 10, you're back at 10 after, you better be back. Those callers don't want to spend 13 cents and get an old recording. So um, I had a guy. So the interesting part. Oh, so they that, knew when, like, the updates were going to come in? Yes, I would say, uh, I would say, they'll go to you for sports. I'm back in 10 after the hour. And then that would be the next update. Then 20 after. Then the bottom. So it would rotate okay. the whole year. Uh, quickly. Uh, so... You're almost, you're the only game in town. Now, gamblers knew about you, but I'm talking about how difficult it was for someone just to get a score, period. We talked about on the show Tuesday, if you were watching a game live, they wouldn't put time and no. score up on a game. No. So then when was, when was CNN headline news? When would that come about? And also what you're competing against when the, the, you said the bottom line was 1995? 1995 is when ESPN put it up. Not like you said, you know, top and bottom where they, yeah. you know, would go up and you would see the scores. So from like 1987 to about 1992, then we started first getting a little bit of a dent because then the people who racked up all these bills, 
they wouldn't, you know, they, oh, I'll just go to CNN. I'll just watch that. Yes. So um, we were the only game in town. You know, we paid $500 a month for sports ticker. And, and that's how we got our scores. Uh, we were a media outlet. I mean, we may be, I always call ourselves the lower end of the media outlet, you know, the broadcasters. But I had a giant press pass. I covered the NFL draft. I sat in, in the NFL draft with Chris Fowler, who was amazingly nice to me. Um, we had jet season tickets. We had net courtside. I was there for Nets Lakers final game four when the Lakers swept the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, so our company made money. Besides sports, the lottery was the king of, we were called Sundial Productions. That got the most calls because the number was printed on the ticket. Oh my God. So every single person who had a lottery ticket in the state of New Jersey looking for those numbers and what they were not announced anywhere no so they would look and they okay yeah so we had a direct communication i would imagine that verizon got a kickback from the lottery commission um we were the only outlet that was allowed to broadcast the numbers so you had you had the rights to the lottery yeah the lottery results which is a gold mine (laughs) yeah you're talking millions of calls yeah you know wow from Every landline you can think of, you know, Jersey's a big place, especially northeastern New Jersey, where it's, you know, I'm just outside. I mean, I grew up in the Sopranos area. You know, uh-huh. Uncle June's house is down the street from is me. It? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Satriali's is yeah. next town over. I All work, right. and, you know, so I'm an Italian, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, Mr. Lombardi. You know, he's from Jersey. I think he's from Jersey or he lives in Jersey. But that's who I, you know, I, but the interesting thing was it was a dream job because, how you guys love, I know, I know both of you. So I feel like I know both of you. you some days you can't wait to come in. Uh-huh. I know it is. When something happens the night before, and I would say, oh, my God, I'm going to get to come in. At that age, too. Oh, yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, and, and, like, I was thrown into broadcasting yeah. by doing 16 weeks at Connecticut school. So uh-huh. I learned my craft. And so the weird part about it is I'd come in on a, I don't know, let's say a March Madness Thursday. I work, midnight, I work noon to midnight. And went by like that. Just like that. Sure. Because he was watching games. Who, yeah. who pays you to watch games? That's right, right, right. And then, I'll, and you know, when we come back from a break, you know, I'll tell you all the story about the live program. That was cuckoo in the 90s. Okay, so we're going to continue here. Uh, Del Gaudio is in studio, GM for Sportsline New Jersey uh, from 1987 to 2013. I want to ask about, like, I want to expand on that gambling in the office what that was like with everybody who worked there then, and how did internet and cell phones eventually affect the business and what you guys were doing. We'll continue here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the sports betting network. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters, the theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. 
and it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Good to have you on board here. On Follow the Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Del Gaudio is in studio with us here today. He was the GM of uh, Sportsline New Jersey from 1987 to 2013. What was it like trying to get uh, scores back in the day before the internet, before cell phones, like before the bottom line existed? It was difficult, right? Uh, this is from Marty Moose on Twitter, and we were going to go down this path anyway. But a lot of people are going down memory lane here who are from back east and remember this. What it was like, he's at, he, he tweets at me and he says, please ask Dell to talk about the live option they once offered. Insanity. Several degenerates screaming on a phone line for scores, 976-1313. Yes. What was that like? So this was, a, this was a, a, an extension. So when we, moved, when we moved into Lodi, New Jersey, into a building where I actually worked with Vince Lombardi's brother, Joe Lombardi, who was in that building. They did tapes and they would send tapes to different uh, scouting things and whatever. So we used their satellite feeds. It was, uh, we, we, got, we gave them $2,000 a month and they would just rack, we would have 20 televisions in front of us. So let's just take a Sunday or, yeah, let's take Sunday. Sunday's the most important. So this was 1-900-SCORES-LIVE. So I would sit there and the other announcers, I wasn't the only guy. So we would have four guys working. One guy did the scores on 976. One guy wore the headset and did play-by-play of games live. One guy did the weathers and the other ancillary stuff. And one guy had to be on the phone to knock the callers off the phone. So we actually had to hire somebody because disrupt, there was total disruption. So it was 99 cents a minute. <laughs> okay. So you would dial one nine hundred, and you would, you know, you remember the party lines or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, when when a new person would come on, we'd have a TV little thing beep. So I mean, hey, what's the score of the Dolphins? What's the score of the Jets? Blah blah blah. And when it was crazy, like fourth quarter, I would say we were doing fifty dollars a minute. You know, people screaming at each other. Oh my god! And you know, people hated us because if I if I had to pick six at the end of a game. You know, people said, oh, I hate those guys. I'm never going to call back. The 900 number was a little bit different than 976. I was telling you mm-hmm. before. 976 was guaranteed contract. You get the money. 900 parents of younger people who got a phone bill. I mean, that's a real phone bill. Oh, that, that's a, we got, this is what we have to get into. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you mentioned the, the, just a tweet about the $1,200. But imagine what, this, what the, happens. Number one, just if you're a working guy and you get that surprise of what the bill is, or like you said, oh, mom and dad, what's the son been up to? We actually would have a hold. So the payment from each of that program, we have to have thousands of dollars of hold because we, the guaranteed collection of the money would come like, like about a month later. So yeah, there were people five, $6,000 a month, you know, just calling. And we we're talking about every day. Like I'd open up for the Cubs at two twenty. Uh-huh. you know, I would stay on, the guy that helped us in do scores live, a real quick story, is he came from New York. He got fired by me for leaving a 10-10 baseball game in the top of the 10th because, you know, I, I saw all the, 
the people trying to get through. And I said, no, you have to commit. It's the type of job where mm -hmm. you have to commit. I didn't meet my wife until 2004 because I was married to my job. So I would get up every day, ride my bike, go to work at noon, watch games. And I did it for my whole adult life. Yeah, I mean, you can't bail on a game when it's going to the 15th inning. No, People no. be calling in for that. We had Hawaii, Hawaii was great. Oh, oh man. I bet. Hawaii scores at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Because, you know, the game started 105 Eastern. We're Eastern, so, you know. And then we would... I would have a back door to the Niners to make sure I couldn't work every shift. So there's other people doing it at other times. Yeah. And some people who are watching know who you are. Oh, there are uh, some people. <laughs> this is a great email from, uh, based on what you're saying right now, this is from JT. Uh, he says, you're bringing back a lot of memories right, right now. I had to win 60% of my bets just to pay my phone bills. Laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it was a, uh, it was a it was a different time to live and work and grow up because of you know how do you get in how do you get your scores now the word degenerate is used for the live line this, the guy who's calling for the score maybe once a night or and that's just yeah, 13 yeah. cents those are just the guys who don't care mm -hmm. but there were guys okay so i'll tell you another quick story so i opened up what they call i used to open up an hour early and host a show kind of like you do where Guys would call in to talk about who they like and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We actually had guys who, like, became regulars. Like, there's a guy named Kentucky. He would come in. And then there was the judge. And then there was all these people. So I was making, I don't know, we were making thousands before the game began, which is amazing. Just sure, because they sure. wanted to talk sports with somebody. They just, yeah, well, the, the, whole, the whole thing about sports radio was sports radio started as a buffer to us. And then they realize, oh, the callers are just as important. And that's yeah. what changed sports radio. You worked for K-Fan, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So WFAN started 15-minute updates, trying to knock us out. Oh. Didn't work. Wow. It, it worked to get the scores out, but the lottery right. kept the business going what? for quite a long time. Two questions, two angles on this about playing God. Uh, one angle is, did you just, even though, hey, the game's been over for half an hour, but let's, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on that Dodger score. For another half an hour, even no, though it's to get more revenue. Okay, so when we get the job, we're supposed to be ethical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's ethics involved. I mean, like, I'll tell you another quick story. So we, we had some gamblers in the office. Okay. Some, you know, the ticket. Remember the ticket? You know, yeah. you you get your ticket, you hand oh, it yeah. to the bookie. Three, to, three games paid seven to one, whatever. Most of the guys played like that. But we had some guys who played, you know. And um, those particular guys would always try to find the angle. Oh, would the game start early? The time changes. They weren't so much there. So some past posting was going on. So sure. we would get the calls from the Meadowlands. I had a guy who the race one was over. It started at 7 o'clock. And the race was over, and he betted with his bookie 10, 15 minutes after the race was over. Because that was another contract we had. Once the race was over, Meadowlands called us. We did the results. Because at the Meadowlands, and this is, sounds crazy, everybody listening, I used to lock the phone booths at the Meadowlands at seven o'clock. You weren't allowed to call out. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so like in that situation, then would that guy consistently do that to his bookie? It didn't get too crazy, but um, there were times that uh, bookies were calling the office and looking for people. Well, how about people that uh, maybe because of this and they were bad with the gambling and they, on top of it, not, not only the losses were racking up there, but the phone bills were so big any stories about guys going to the hospital and then they continue calling or anything like we that? Had a, we had a bookie named Fat Mike. Okay, he was from Staten Island. Uh -huh. And we had a guy in our office who was pretty, pretty out there. And, and we, had a, you know, we were, we were 24 hours. So there was always somebody there. Because I was telling you a story about I can't sleep. I used to work overnights and it's pretty rough. And this guy was betting 100 time reverses and just getting killed. I mean, I mean, don't forget, if you work in a place that it's there, what would you do if you're bored? You're not mm -hmm. going to watch a Blockbuster video. So <laughs> you're going to gamble. And he would call up and he would, he was like, I need to find that guy. He owes me 10 grand. You know, and, you know, we were only paying these guys 10 bucks an hour. You know, I mean, this, and the Scores Live program, I will say, lasted from about 1991 heavily. 1999. Nine, eight years. I mean, incredible, incre fun. Just putting on a headset and just talking to people. Because don't forget, we record the program. 
we got a chance to talk to people, sure. which for me was great. It's like, you know, I always wanted to be on radio. I wanted to be the rock DJ. You know, I wanted to be mm-hmm. that guy. It didn't work out. So this was, that's how it happened. About 90 seconds, <clears throat> seconds left in this segment. But did you have any bills that you know of from people I, calling? How about hospitals or prisons? Uh, prisons I didn't hear about, but I did hear that a lot of the nurses uh, would call. Um, a lot of small radio stations used us for their scores. You know, we, New Jersey has, but hospitals would have phone bills the size of a truck because the nurses, lottery was huge. You know, there weren't gamblers like for sports. Mm-hmm. Lot, lottery, I mean, lottery was king. And then lottery added a date. That's what saved us in the 2000s. Lottery added daytime results, which doubled the call volume. And then eventually, if you want to wait for the next segment, I could tell you when we changed the price and how I even lasted and how sports phone died and how I got to work all the way into my 50s. So of the 13 cents that you were making on the 976 number, or that was, Verizon got a big chunk of that. Yeah, they got, they got um, 11 of it. So you guys would see two cents a call. Yeah, two cents a call, but it was enough to make a living. <laughs> yeah. Well, for how many people? Yeah. Yeah, we had about seven announcers, eight. Some, but we were 24 hours, so we would have to hire guys to do like, the non-sports guys would do like the weather reports for Newsday. We did Newsday weather reports overnight um, and stuff like that. But uh, um, yeah, there were. But it was weird because some of the guys who left went on to different things. That's how I got to be GM. Guys left to be paralegals. One guy left to be a chef. <laughs> and I was like, what, are you crazy? I get to wear sweats <laughs> and a T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. And never look in the mirror. I mean, face for the radio, right? Uh, so we'll continue up next. Uh, again, Del Gaudio in studio, GM, Sportsline, New Jersey, from 1987 to 2013. But you weren't the only, like, you mentioned the, the service in New York as well. A bunch of these numbers were around. How did internet and cell phones eventually impact what you were doing back then? More with Dell coming up here on VSIN. Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet $5, get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Full terms and conditions. Good luck. Get up there. We continue here with Del Gaudio. He was the GM of Sportsline, New Jersey, 1987 to 2013, out here in Las Vegas. Kind enough to come in early on a Thursday and join us in studio. So for those of you who are too young to remember what it was like and you don't remember like pre-internet days or pre-cell phone days, um, this will give you an example of what it was like to try to get scores back then. Another email here. Uh, good morning, fellas. I was 19 years old in 1995 doing the same exact thing. I had that new Nokia and ran up a $900 bill. That's back when you got like a 500-minute package and had on-peak, yeah. off-peak minutes. It was brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great call. Amazing. Yeah. People would never be able to find us in the office because we were really private, but uh, we didn't really want to reach out to people that were having struggles and so forth where you had bills like that. Yeah, those are off-peak and on-peak, but ours was a flat fee. So you had to be billed to the uh, 976, had to be billed to a landline phone. It was Bell Atlantic, yeah. then Verizon. So you would see the same numbers of the same people racking All up? All the time. Millions. We would have millions of phone numbers. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. so then, then the internet and cell phones eventually came around. Right. If you want to take us through the timeline here, and then yeah. when did you first realize, like, uh, oh, this is going to be bad for us? Yeah, well... Uh, the bottom line when it was on in 1995 definitely hurt sports. It didn't hurt the bottom line of the company because the people that, like, even though the sports calls to 976, the 900 number kept us going because people wanted the immediacy of, of, of the score. So we were the tangible immediacy of like, okay, what's happening right now? Who's in the bottom of the sixth? What, you know, what's going on in hockey? Hockey was really not bad. We didn't get many hockey people. Mm-hmm. It was mostly football. College basketball was crazy. I bet. Especially mm-hmm. weeknights. Tuesday night, Ball State. You know, all, and now it's <laughs> even worse. Imagine, imagine yeah. if we oh, didn't have the internet. But the internet, started. it started to wane on us in about um, 98, 97, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it changed. We moved to another office. We only had eight televisions. The not, I put, we put the 900 number to sleep just after 9-11. And that's when New York sports phone ended. We didn't end. We kept going because, like I said, lottery and all the other programs were doing, you know, here, here's Dial-A-Santa right here if everybody wants to see it. 
That's an old school there you okay. go. Yeah, yeah, tape yeah, that you tape. dubbed in, okay. When, yeah. when are you able when were you able to get your the scores on your phone? Uh cell phone when you remember when that's well, 2007 remember. was the first iPhone where you can, you know, if you had the upgraded. Okay. But no, we, we still did a decent amount of calls through about 2005. And then once once the iPhone was in there, it was over for us in terms of sports. You know, yeah. we kept it going. And then we kind of, we didn't hoodwink the callers. But in 2007, we moved all the calls to 99 cents. Because um, we had to, you know, we knew that it, the writing was on the wall. Okay. And and eventually, um, we ended. I kept it going to 2013. And I will tell a quick story. It could have went even further, but Verizon would not let us third-party bill, which means allowing a third a page on your phone bill. So we would then once we we went to 99 cents, it was no more. Verizon billing. It was another company that took, I think it was a company called, um, I, I don't really remember the name, but it was a company like one of those service providers. And um, we kept it going, but then Verizon said, we're not going to bill for you anymore. And in 2013, I had to say, I had to say goodbye to a dream job. Okay. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times how it was just a different world. It was. Going back, I mean, you even had, you had a wake up service. We did. We had a 5-4 wake that was on the weather. So we did weather reports. So if you couldn't get up for your job, you would dial 5-4 wake or 976 wake and a, a machine would call you and it would wake you up at the time you pressed in the numbers on your phone, 1245 a.m. And that's the time you woke up. We also had the time. I didn't talk about this. We had the time machine in my office. So nine, you would call in for the time. Yeah. The time is 415 <laughs> and 10 seconds. Beep. And yeah. we had the machine in the office. Incredible. People would call in for the time? Oh, hundreds, uh, yeah. thousands a day. Thousands of people a day? Yes. Was, well, I mean, yeah. Reset your phones, uh, house phones. Uh, you know what was big when we, when we had the time change? You know, like, uh, you know, daylight savings? Thousands. Thousands. Sure. Of, we had to have somebody in the office to make sure the machine went back an hour and forward an hour. I actually sold the machine to some collector for like oh my $300 God. in 2013 because, you know, my, my job was ending. Yeah, time machine, 976, uh, I think it was 976 time. So you guys thought of everything? Yeah, we, well, we were contracted by Verizon to do about 12 programs. <laughs> and uh, like I said, no smut. That was the key. Mm -hmm. Do not do 900 nonsense. And we did 900. Like I said, we had a handicapping hotline where, you know, the touts. We had guys... Um, Tom Porsche, uh, Don Wagner, if you know those guys, they're handicappers. They used to do a free pick during the day yeah, okay. and promote their own service. You know, how, you know, Paul Stone does his stuff. He would be one of our guys. Hey, today I think, you know, I, I think today the Mets are a good play, blah, blah, blah. Go with the Mets. That's the comp. But if you'd like more, go to dial me up at, you know, whatever. Okay. And then he would sign you privately. Okay. And also how it was just like if you would go meet your bookie. And, and it's back, it's like, okay, well, you just take your word, you, you, you know, you agree, I'll see you at 6 o'clock at McDonald's. Totally. And if there was an accident, you'd find out the next day. Totally. You, you would, uh, you know, I remember picking up money at the uh, Tunley Avenue uh, McDonald's in uh, Union City. That's where people would, you know, and, and you also, uh, there were some people that were involved in fantasy sports, you know, fantasy was big back sure. then. You what, know, what year is this? Uh, How far back in the 80s? Want to late You're 80s. Kidding. I called WFAN. There's a guy named Jody McDonald. Who used yeah. to do fantasy. Yeah. He used to do Jody Mac. You Jody. know Jody Mac. Yeah. So Jody Mac would do the overnight, and he would actually do like fantasy statistics on the radio. So we would, you know, we couldn't do that. But when the live line came aboard, okay. we'd leave it open for fantasy guy. What did so and so do? Yeah. I think maybe the most fascinating thing that I've learned so far today is though is going back to the Meadowlands. They would shut down the phone booths. Yeah, so you wouldn't be able to pass post the call, you know, especially if a horse paid a decent amount. That's right. You know, if a horse paid, I mean, Meadowlands was huge in the 70s. It opened in 1977. Meadowlands Racing was big. We did Monmouth Park Racing, Freehold, and Atlantic City Race Course. So, and I was a big racing fan. I still am. And, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing that there were, I mean, I wish I had a picture of it. You can actually see the booth, and then the guys would go and lock it with a lock. 
So you couldn't call your bookie? You couldn't call anyone. That's you were done. That was it. <laughs> How about some of the big names that actually announced for you guys then? They turned into like, Papa was one of them, right? Well, that's New York. Papa okay. was New York. We had we had a guy named Stu Paul who wound up doing a trip, minor league AAA, Dan Blackman, who wound up on iHeartRadio. But the rest of the guys really never went, they mostly went to other places. Like I do my own radio show now at Fairleigh Dickinson. But I'm a music guy. I wear two hats. I'm a music guy and a sports guy. So if you like British Alternative, Sunday nights, 89.1, WFDU.FM. I'm on every Sunday night. But people don't, when they see me, I mean, my love is right here. I mean, this is the team I love. And the Dolphins. I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, two to fall correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope Vic Fangio can help me. I think he will. Yeah. I, I don't know about falling. I know I heard you say but, with Michael Lombardi, well, said yeah. he's gained weight and he has to fall. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I, uh, yeah, right. Um, well, it's just going back to you also play God. I mean, imagine I if you know the re, well, you know the you results. Do a, and, imagine you do the wrong score to, to oh, a caller, yes. and that's happened before because oh. Sports Sticker would post it, and oh, the white, it was the White Sox. You know, oh, it was the wrong score. Then ten minutes later, we'd have to go back and and do a you know disclaimer. Oh my God, and that was rough. Oh boy, I bet you'd get a floppy disk. Yeah, and it would that's, be. A, it was an old computer. And then we would punch the, 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 the games in Vegas order. And then when the score changed, it flash. And we would see the flashing lineups and whatever. We had an AP wire, too. Okay. So. It's a hell of a run that you had. Yeah. yeah it was. Uh, um, I, I say that a lot of people, my brother used to say to me that uh, this is the guy who'd never worked. And I spent 26 years doing this. Yeah. And committing my whole life, committing, you know, having a child in, at the age of 45. So, you know, it's, you know, I'm 60 now and uh, my kid's 15. And uh, how about but, the health? I'm that, that'd be, how about the guys? I mean, if you're not sitting, if you're sitting there the whole day and not moving, I imagine it's fast food and constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You're just stuck and you're just focused subs, on the games. And, yeah. Subs, soda. It's something delivered right. You know, you keep know, you going in. Mountain Dew at 4 a.m. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Didn't have that energy sure. stuff around back yeah, then. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm healthy and I have a loving wife and kids and uh, granddaughter, so uh, everything is really good. Oh, it's a hell of a story. Great job again. Uh, the the response that we're getting today from people who recall living in that era and what it was like trying to get scores has been awesome. And we knew it was going to be like that, but it's it's fun to take a tri- you know trip down memory lane today, Dell. Thanks for taking time out of your Las Vegas trip, by the way, to come in studio today. Uh, yeah, if you ever need a fill-in, just let me know. Okay, <laughs> good to go. That's Del Gaudio. He was the GM of Sportsline, New Jersey from 1987 to 2013. Incredible stories, Del. Uh, thank you Great for that. Uh, in-pocket plays, what we're betting today, coming up next here on VSIN. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings 
from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people, and we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The guy has an algorithm to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one. You're right. Wanted them yesterday, but we couldn't get a line in the game because we didn't know who St. Louis was throwing. But uh, we'll take the Marlins today, $1.25. Perez off a bad start, but Perez has had a solid season. And uh, trying to get the broom out today, not to mention the fact Cardinals coming off that horrific loss where you lose. Literally, comebacker. Air mails the first baseman, and that's how the Marlins walked it off. So they continue to be hot and win games. This incredible story with Miami and the Cardinals with an all-time bad season out of a great organization. Marlins at home, $1.25. Okay, uh, recapping the action from yesterday. For me, it was a loser. Braves-Guardians had that overnight and a half. Been on the overnights uh, the night before. Baseball is a funny game. 8-1 final score, stays under 9.5. 31 batters reached base in this game. 31. They had 26 hits combined. I'll compare it to three other games yesterday. Astros 6, Rockies 4. They uh, scored 10 runs. Mm -hmm. 22 players reached base. A's and Tigers combined for 15 runs. 23 players reached base. And the Dodgers beat the Pirates last night 6-4. 26 players reached base. It's a funny game. They had four runs in the first inning for the Braves. And both teams had ample uh, opportunities throughout the entire game to score more runs than that, and they could not get the job done. Uh, I don't have anything as of this morning that I like, so uh, it's a pass for me. Always football season here at VEASAN. Our betting guide came out last week, over 70 pages. The NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming season. In-depth profiles of every team. Steve Mackinnon, teams that will improve, decline. Best bets on win totals, futures, and props. Become a subscriber today for as low as $19. Get your NFL betting guide or take advantage of the summer kickoff special. Get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl, only $175. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. This yep. is an email from uh, Todd B., who was listening to Del Gaudio for the uh, previous three segments, who was on, former GM of uh, Sportsline New Jersey for many, many years and giving out scores before internet and cell phones were around. Todd says, uh, what memories? I worked at Sports Ticker in Jersey City, and it was a zoo all night. Twelve guys answering phones from reporters the entire time. Crazy, crazy times. Yeah. Uh, the again, the amount of bills, the feedback that we're getting yes. today, uh, guys. Oh, we're only hearing from people who had bills between nine hundred and twelve hundred dollars. I mean, I say only because there's no doubt. When we brought it up to Dell previous segment, and I just he's like, oh, we had millions of phone numbers. Imagine the same people that racked up thousands of dollars in phone bills every single month, not like a one-time thing. And that, that email that we got earlier was awesome. I had to hit, I had to hit 60% of my bets because my phone bill was so big. Mm-hmm. And also the first time we, the first time I bought a cell phone, I was, I was out here 2002, whatever. And that's like, well, you went over your minutes. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What does that and mean? You're, you're, you're just out of college and you got a $400, $500 cell phone. That's bill. right. You had that too. And then right when the internet came out, when, you know, with the dial up and the startup, I was listening to Howard Stern and he had this, you know, Playboy Playmate or something. Beautiful girl was on. And then you, you Google or you, you look her up on the Internet. And then all of a sudden it takes you somewhere else. And then you wind up. And next thing you know, I had my had like a thousand dollar bill. And my mom had to call and say, my idiot son did this and hit some button. Sure. Whatever. Trying to look at a naked girl. Oh, imagine I, how many was, times yeah. parents across the oh country or in that region. Yeah. Would you just got to go through that. for like, Yeah, for sure. 
This is from Scott in Toronto. Uh, he says, morning, fellas. I'm 62 years old. That was the best 40 minutes. I could listen to that for hours. Been gambling since I was 16. It really takes you down how 40 plus years have flown oh, by. God. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just how yeah. it started, how the week started. We're earlier in the week. We're talking about how hard it was to get a score. Even when you were watching the game, they wouldn't put up time and score. And it's then a, what it was like in you the go 80s. Back, again, yeah, go back to he, like, he laid it out beautifully with headline news into the, the ticker 28 and 58 and 95. Oh, yeah. If you go back NFL Network and they put on a game from the 80s or even like early 90s. Yeah. Or I brought up um, ESPN Classic yesterday, I think. You can't spend more than two minutes watching a game because you don't even... Sometimes you might not even know who's playing in the game. If it's like a college basketball game, you might not even recognize the teams. But then you have no... Like, where are we at? Did the game just tip off, or is it in the second half? Where are we? What's the score? You'd right. have no idea. Right. Also, but he, he brought up the, the, the real jackpot for them was the lottery. Because if you think about that again, they had the rights to the lottery numbers. And there was no way to get the lottery numbers unless you called their number. And then on, on the, the, the part of the deal was on the lottery tickets. Think about how many people play the lottery. On the lottery tickets, it was that phone number. So if you wanted to get the results, you had to call them. Yeah. Oh, you're just, you're printing money the yeah, entire absolutely. time. Absolutely. Why? Wild man. Then going back, you got to wait a day to find out who won the game. If, oh. if you don't call them or it's just, uh, how about the horse racing? Well, I, I mean, what a debacle that would be. Oh, that'd be yeah. brutal. I mean, again, I would spend in high school, I would spend like our, our study halls, right? Let's say I had third hour study halls, what it was called, where I went to school. Uh, it was 45 minutes. I would spend 43 of those minutes reading the USA Today sports page. And a lot of times, yep. so this is now like the next day, let's say it's 10.30 a.m. And a lot of times it'd be like, yeah, we when we went to press, we don't have the West Coast games in there yet. So I would have no yeah. idea. Like, did Griffey Homer again last night in Seattle? I have, have no idea. Yep. Did J, what did J.T. Snow do last night for the Angels? Or Tim Salmon? Out to lunch. That's right. I mean, it really takes you back to your childhood, waking up and what it was like in the 80s and 90s. Even going back, hey guys, we're going to play going to the park and playing football. We'll see you at six. And then Tommy didn't make it. Well, family emergency. But you find out like a day or two days later. Uh, or, or maybe you would call up, like get the phone call three, four hours later after the That's game right. is done. Or I remember I remember Vanner O'Reilly and Jerome Jurenovich. The only way you would get scores was watch that that ticker. Of course. And get the bottom line and, and or whatever. They'd run through the scores quick. But that's that's the other thing, too, about what Dell said. You got, you know, make it quick. You got 57 seconds, run through everything. And you then, had to be in and out in 57 well, seconds. That was luck. like the He's obligation right. they had. Good luck on a college basketball night. How would you do that? Schedule, oh, I, I don't know what you would do. Top 25 games. In but a that's, that's why like college basketball has always been, I mean, come on. From, from probably the 70s on with gambling, massive card, getting, getting you through like November and December on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, the diehards, they love that sport. Imagine, what if you had a rotary phone? Then what? Yeah. Then you're just out of luck, because he said that you had okay. to like for the for the phone for the wake up service you had to punch in the phone number that they wanted to, you to call them back on. Well, if you had the rotary phone, which my parents had when I was growing yeah, up, yeah, I think they had the same phone for 20 years. Yeah, and it just like then you're just yeah. The first email we read though too with the guy with the twelve hundred dollar bill. I mean, you did the cell phones were the size of a brick. When those first cell phones, I know you could hurt somebody, but to beat the hell out of someone with Didn't, it. Uh, was the Riddick Bow fight. Was it the Riddick Bow fight where the guys are? I mean, you could do serious damage with the cell phone back then. Was isn't that Galata? Was it? Yeah, yeah, they're beating them with cell phones. Yeah, with the bricks though yeah. back then. Didn't Michael, what was that? Wall Street? Michael Douglas? The cell the first, phones? Was that the first time you I saw think, one? I'm like, yeah, yeah. What the hell is that? Let's <laughs> see, pull that out there. Yeah, eighty-seven, I think. Dell was asking us off the air the first time that we had a cell phone. Can you even remember? Two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, I just moved here. Yeah, I think mine was Going maybe ahead. a little bit after that. Yeah. And then you'd always get because the, the that was, careful with the text messages because it might be over. And I worked for I got my first job, Sports Fan Radio Network, and I was on the the horrible that was on this shift, right out of college. But it was you you had the landline I had, but you couldn't sometimes you couldn't hear the phone, and I overslept right away, and the guy was pissed at me. I'm like, oh, sure, God, what's going to happen? I'm like, I can't catch a break. I'm 22 in Vegas. I want to go out and have fun, but then it's I'm working at 4 a.m. right away. Oh, I oversleep. How about, how about that conversation that parents had to have with kids? Forget about the, the 900 number when you're going down. But just like you didn't know your kid at 16, 17 years old, loved to bet on sports. 
and was gambling, and he'd rack up five hundred dollar phone yeah, bills. Yeah, overcome a hey, lot. Hey Jimmy, what the hell's report. going on well, here? And, and then report. Jimmy would be like, "I don't, I don't want my parents to find out that I have a gambling addiction." Yeah. And then what would what would be get what would get you grounded more the the, the porn or the phone bill or the or the sports probably uh, the sports I guess it's just, okay. I mean, when you think about it, I'd like to the the gambling probably did not go over with a, very well with a lot of parents, <laughs> right? Maybe some conservative folks, church every single Sunday. We're talking back in the 70s. You're going to go to Sunday school. And then, oops, look at this. Look at the phone bill. How am I supposed to get the scores, Mom? Meanwhile, he's betting. You're calling Tammy, though, for 45 minutes. I, that's, <laughs> yeah. It's not a... yeah. <laughs> I think I'd actually be proud of my kid for that one. I got the, yeah, uh, all right. You know? And well, you know where he stands early on. About well, what, 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 whatever. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. But they're also too, like coming of age, like, you, you know? know. I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah this sure. is, I, I was the same exact way. Yeah, yeah. That was great, though, having him in studio. Well, that was the other thing. You had Playboy. I mean, those magazines would make a fortune back yeah. then. I mean, that's the only way. Of course. Playboy, Hustler, all that. Good. I remember when the old man had Playboy. You ever get busted with those? Uh, yeah, my, my cousin did, yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember I, I had a stash like in a piece of luggage in my in my uh, closet what tucked away. Came Mr. home one day. Hey, what's going on with these? Was it Mr. Lester? Our high school our high school golf coach was claimed he he bought Playboy just for the articles. Sure. As everybody did. Sure. Um, if you missed any of the show today, you can go back and listen on your own time, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. Best of luck tonight. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.